Welcome to The Bargain Basement Butterflies Presents Beyond the Doorway. I'm your host, Buzzley, and on this podcast, I interview friends of mine about their personal paranormal stories. Then I take clips of those interviews and I put them to music. Don't you dare to off the light. There's something out in the night. Welcome to this very first episode of Beyond the Doorway, presented by the Bargain Basement Butterflies. And since this is the first episode, let me kind of explain what I'm doing. Like the intro says, I have interviewed friends of mine about their personal experiences, and I take clips of those interviews and I put them to music. So basically, the interview is the podcast part. The song I have created goes at the end of each episode. Then those songs are compiled together in an album format, which will be released on all digital formats. And I'll let you know when that comes out. The reason for the Bargain Basement Butterflies part, I've been creating music under that name for the past decade. And basically, this is like another album release, and the podcast is an extension of that album. I wanted to do something different for this album, and I thought this was kind of a fun idea to interview people. And I hope you like what I've put together here. First off, I want to thank everybody who has been involved in this project. Everyone has graciously given time to this project, and I so deeply appreciate it. One of the other reasons for doing this project was to collect stories directly from the experiencer. I love to hear people's stories, their thoughts, and their ideas. Each song is basically a mini version of the interview and is meant to enhance the story and not diminish it in any way. The stories told are personal to the individual telling the story and should be respected in every way. Everyone has their own stories. Everyone has their own beliefs. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Today's interview is with my friend Kathleen Monroe. Kathleen and I used to work together, and I think we first bonded over our mutual love of Star Wars and, of course, Baby Yoda memes. We also have a mutual appreciation for a good, bad B-horror movie. You know the kind you can't tell if it's bad on purpose or not. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Here it is, Kathleen Monroe. First, I just want to thank you for doing this. (laughs) I really appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. Um, I guess since we're running late, we'll just get right into it. Um, So when you typed out this story to me, where... Whereabouts in Florida is the town? Uh, Blue Mountain Beach, Florida. It's kind of close to Destin, Florida. It's maybe, uh, I'm trying to think back. If you took, if you rode 30A all the way down, it might be 15 miles from Destin. Okay. If you, if you drove 30A, uh, you could hit Panama City Beach, drive down, you hit, Oh, I'm trying to remember everything. You would hit uh, Panama City Beach, and then I think the next beach up from that is Clearwater. 
then Clearwater, you would run into Santa Rosa Beach, and then Santa Rosa Beach ran right into Blue Mountain Beach, and then you could get to Destin from there, and then Fort Walton beyond that. If I'm not mistaken, I think you could hit all those places down 30A. Well, cool. That sounds fun. I've been, when you said it was an Irish pub, I got really excited because, you know, we've been in lots of those playing our music. So <laughs> I'm going to take a road trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting little place. Gosh, I'm trying to remember details about on the sign. Um, I think if I remember correctly, it was gold letters and it said Johnny Matai's Irish pub. And then it had a clover leaf on it. Um, the inside was like your typical bar setting. You walked in and the bar was like straight ahead of you. And then there was a bunch of dining room tables. It was like a sports bar kind of cool. place, little pub area. Cool. So tell me, uh, tell me again what happened. <laughs> okay. No problem. So I was working at Johnny McTie's Irish Pub as a waitress. And typically in those kind of places, it being a bar, a pub, you're not getting out until at the very least 1.30 in the morning. I think on this particular morning, I didn't get out until it was a little after two. And I got, I got in the car and I turned left, started heading home. And what I'd normally do is I, I would go left. I would head down 30A about a mile or two. And then I would turn left. I can't remember the name of the road, but I would turn left down that road and it would take me by Point Washington Forest and get to the other side of that. You had the open highway, which I can't remember what highway that is either. That's so far back <laughs> in my life. But um, then I'd shoot straight across that and I'd go home. So altogether, maybe like a six mile trip from where I worked home. There's this one little section of the road where it kind of started turning off to the left and then it would kind of start curving back again to the right. I hated that area. It was, it was just, it was a blind, blind mm -hmm. spot. It was just, I, I didn't like it. You had to slow down to get around it. And half the time people would come flying around that corner. My biggest worry at that, you know, that early in the morning was deer. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, watch it going around this corner because yeah. they love to hang out right there. So I'm coming down around that corner and I hit the curve to the left and then I start hitting the curve that goes off to the right. And as I get to the end of that curve, I see a woman come running out. She's in, she's in a white dress. She looked like she had blonde hair, but she was very, very bloody she was she was extremely bloody and she was she was terrified she was screaming and she was flagging me down so I you know I pulled up a little ways and I stopped the car and I got out to head back up to help her and where she was standing at was uh I would say it was maybe 20 feet back from my car is where I'd seen her. And when I got to that point, there was nothing there. There was no woman there. There was no signs of a struggle. There was no signs of anything. It was like, wow. she wasn't there. There, there was, there was nothing there. 
my phone is starting to get shaky because I'm trembling now too. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um yeah, it's uh but there there was nobody there. So I kind of started freaking out a little bit. I'm like, I know what I saw. Right. But I have no proof of it. So what what do I do from here? So I walked back to the car and I sat there and I just waited a minute. You know, I was just trying to ponder everything in my brain. What do I do from here? Do I contact law enforcement? Do I tell somebody about this? What do I do? Because there's no evidence of anything. Right. At that point, I just decided to go home and I, I slept on it. I didn't tell anybody about it. Just kind of let it go. And about three months after that, there were some cops that came in and one of them was as white as a ghost and he was freaking out. He was flipping out. Like he was like, I know what I saw. I know what I saw. She was there. She was there. And his buddies were laughing at him and everything. And I was kind of eavesdropping in a little bit on the conversation, you know, just kind of listening a little bit, not trying to, you know, trying to be like, all sneaky about it but at the same time i'm like i'm really really interested in this you know what is he talking about and then he started describing the same thing he said that he had seen a woman in a white dress covered in blood come out of the woods at the same location that i had seen her and was freaking out flagging him down and he got out same thing nobody was there there was no signs of anything. There was no blood. There was no, there was no anything. Is she was she wasn't there. Wow. So I then told him what I had seen three months prior. And I said, I seen her too. So you're you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not crazy. Because right. there for a while I was starting to think I was. Right. But um, but yeah, I told him, I said, You're not crazy. I had seen her too. And same thing happened to me. Well, nothing more came of that. Never heard anything more about it. Never thought anything more about it. Every now and then it would cross my mind, but it never like really stuck. But about a year after that, that would be, let me see, that incident happened. I want to say it was... I'm I'm trying to remember back. I want to say that was August, September of 2009. So about September, October of 2010, there was a news report that came on the uh, TV. Somebody had been walking back in the woods right there on that part of 30A. And they came across human remains. And what was determined is that they were the remains of a female. And what was left of fabric, because there wasn't much left. It appeared to be that of a white dress. And she had, uh, they had concluded that she had been stabbed to death and don't know for sure exactly how long she had been there, but it, but at the very least a year for sure. But that was the one and only time 
I had heard anything more about that. There was no more news reports after that. There was no more anything. It's like it just disappeared. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So on the initial night when you were driving, was there any point, like, was there a point where you were thinking maybe not to stop? Like when you're being I mean, I think when I first came across her, I was, um, I, I had several thoughts going through my mind. The first thought was, I need to stop and help this woman. And then the second thought immediately behind that was, no, you don't. You, know, <laughs> right. you don't know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't know if there's, you know, this is a setup. You don't know if she's, you know, being in the process of being killed or whatever, you know. And here I am, I was. When that incident happened, I was 18, you know, I was 18. I was every bit of 116 pounds soaking wet. And at my five foot six, I was like, you know, I would have been able to defend myself. The the, uh, the first initial thought of I need to help this woman was the one that really took over. Right. And um, I was like, I've, I've got I've got to stop and help her. I can't I can't let this go. I can't let this go. And when I got out and, you know, there was nothing there, I, I, I kind of stood there and I was, it's like, okay, I know what I saw. It's like, it slowly worked up. I was, you know, I was at that point, I was on the verge of like panic. Cause I'm like, I know what I saw, you know, what, what what's going on here? What's going on here? Right. And I, I, I seen her coming out of the woods and she was, I mean, you could tell she was screaming and she was trying to flag flag me down and you know you could t- she was in trouble you know she was she was in trouble it's <laughs> I stopped and there was there was nothing there was there was nothing wow so My, they, sorry go ahead huh go ahead sorry uh, no <laughs> I was just gonna say so when they when you saw the report on TV, was there any details other than that they just found this person? No, there wasn't hardly any details. It was just they they found these they found these remains. They were investigating. They did suspect homicide. It appeared that she had been stabbed to death. That that was all you heard about it. Every now and then, I will go online because that curiosity part of me you know, just wants to know, I'll go up online and I'll see if I can find anything about it. And there's, there's literally nothing, not even the old reports. Wow. That's kind of interesting. I probably yeah, do not, the same thing. Keep going back. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, it, I guess in a way I kind of feel like a sort of connection to that, I guess in a weird way, I'm trying to think of the words to describe it. Like, I feel like she was asking for my help. Right. And she had asked for that. And I don't know if it's, she want, I, I I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to find the words, trying to find the words. She definitely wanted help, but what help with what exactly? I don't know. You know, was she just, was she wanting to be found and at least closure bought that way? You know, or 
I, I just, I don't, I don't know. But that's all there was is that she was found. No missing person report. And, you know, they really don't have a description to go by. Right. You know, they don't really, you know, all they have is that they can, they can tell the age roundabout of the body, you know, of the person, the deceased, when they, you know, that when they became deceased and how far out, you know, and they, they did determine that she, that she had been there at least a year. Wow. You know, they did, they did determine that, that she had been there at least a year. And that section of, uh, that section of 30A, it's kind of swampy on the one side uh-huh. before you get to, before you get to the Gulf, just on the other side of it. Like you can literally walk through the woods and walk out onto the beach and you're on, you're, you're on the beach. Um, so that those areas are kind of, they're kind of famous for alligators. They're famous for deer. They're famous for, you name it, they're there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's typical for swamp. So what, what so, was your experience when, so this whole time that you've had this experience and then you overheard the, the conversation of the police officers having their conversation, like, how did you feel about that validation? That validation at, at first I was like, you know, I was kind of thinking, uh, my first initial thought was they're messing with me. You know, they know something, but then at the same time I was like, well, he wouldn't because I never told anybody. Right. You know, so I just, I just continued to listen for a little bit longer and then looking at him and just seeing how white and shook up he was, I was like, okay, he's not, he's seen her. He's not lying. You know, so, hey, I'm not crazy. <laughs> right. I think that's what, crazy. that's what would kind of freak me out is if like, like you could almost talk yourself out of this experience happening. Um, but if you had never told anybody and then you hear it from somebody else, you're like, okay, I guess it did. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it it did. And I'm not, I'm not insane. I don't need to be in a nut house. (laughs) So, but, but yeah, it was, it was at first it was like, okay, they're messing with me. And then it was the initial thought of, but nobody knows about this. How could they be messing with me? They don't know about it. And I don't know these guys. Right. So why would they be? (laughs) Yeah. So, so I, like I said, I listened a little bit longer and I was like, yes. Yes, he did. He saw her. He uh-huh. saw her. He saw her. And that that brought me a little bit of a sense of closure to that aspect, you know, because then I had somebody, you know, I could say, hey, there's somebody else that saw her. I'm not I'm not the only person sitting on the fence about this now. Right. You know, he, he saw her and it was it was the same thing. He came around that corner and she came out of the woods, flagging him down, bloodied. That's crazy. Cause I hear lots of stories about like, you know, the whole vanishing hitchhiker, but this was really interesting that they found, they found a body. Yeah. That's what, that's what blows my mind too. Because um, when I told my husband that I'd be doing this interview with him and I told him what it'd be about and, 
And I told him what I had experienced. And then he goes, you know, that urban legend is in every city and, you know, in the United States. Right. And I was like, I was like, this is, the, it happened to me. <laughs> I've got somebody, I mean, this, there's somebody else that had seen her. And there was a body actually found a year after that. Right. A year and a month, give or take, you know, so. I've only, I've never been one to really believe in ghosts or believe in, you know, paranormal, anything like that. You know, I've always, I've always wondered if that stuff existed. And then, you know, after that experience, you know, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I do believe a little bit more in this stuff. I mean, because this happened and there's no real explanation for it. Um, And, you know, the fact that there was somebody else who had actually seen her and had pretty much the same story verbatim, you know, and that, that really, that, that really validated to me that there is more than what we can explain right you know that we there's 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 so much we don't know and and again maybe maybe she was seeking being found you know maybe that's what brought her closure you know if uh, this is going to get a little bit more on the religious side but (laughs) For me, whenever people have talked about religion, heaven, hell, and purgatory, and whenever I've talked about purgatory, I said purgatory for me would be you pass away and you're stuck on this plane of existence. You're stuck on earth and you're surrounded by everybody that you ever knew who are still living, you know, or, you know, you're, you know, just people in general, you can't communicate with them. You can't, you know, you can see them, but they can't see you. You can't communicate with them. You know, that to me would be a form of hell. Right. That's like, you know, that's a form, that's a form of purgatory. You know, you're cut off and you're, you're awaiting judgment. That to me would be like, you know, the perfect purgatory plane. You know, maybe that was, maybe that's what she was seeking you know, was some form of justice, some form of closure to be able to cross over to where right. she was meant to go. I mean, it's, it's so weird, you know, it's so, it's so weird, but that's the only way that I could think of to describe it. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my <laughs> paranormal <laughs> experience. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Beyond the Doorway. If you like what you have heard so far today, please take the time to rate and review the show. For more music from the Bargain Basement Butterflies, please visit Bandcamp or your favorite digital media store. If you are interested in merch, visit TeePublic and search for the Bargain Basement Butterflies. Now let's talk about this week's song. Thank you, Kathleen, for the interview. I really appreciate the time you spent telling this story. I think what I enjoyed most about that story is the idea that she felt the connection between the spirit and herself that maybe the spirit just needed to reach out in order to cross over. And that's really what I was trying to 
kind of emphasize in the music that I've created for this was the idea of the connection between the two individuals, but then putting also a little spooky vibe to it. I hope you enjoy what I've put together here. Uh, here's the song for this week. It's called Covered in Blood. There's this one little section of the road where it kind of started turning off to the left and then it would kind of start curving back again to the right. I'm coming down around that corner. I see a woman come running out. She's in a white dress. She has blonde hair, but she is very, very bloody. Covered in blood. Covered in blood. She was terrified. She was screaming and she was flagging me down. And I got out to head back up to help her. And when I got to that point, there was nothing there. Nothing there. I kind of started freaking out. I kind of started freaking out. And about three months after that, there were some cops that came in. And one of them was as white as a ghost. And he was freaking out. Like, he was like, I know what I saw. I know what I saw. She was there. He started describing the same thing. He said that he had seen a woman in a white dress covered in blood come out of the woods, covered in blood at the same location that I had seen her. But about a year after that, September, October of 2010, there was a news report that came on the TV. Somebody had been walking back in the woods and they came across human remains covered in blood. Covered in blood. What was determined is that they were the remains of a female. They had concluded that she had been stabbed to death and don't know for sure exactly how long she had been there, but at the very least a year for sure. There was no more news reports after that. There was no more anything. It's like it just disappeared. Disappeared. I guess in a way, I kind of feel like a sort of connection. I feel like she was asking for my help. She definitely wanted help. Was she wanting to be found? She was seeking being found. She was found. There is more than what we can explain. There's so much we don't know. Thank you for fluttering into this week's episode of Beyond the Doorway. Thank you to today's guest for taking the time to be a part of this project. And thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. See you next time. Have a good week.